When wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy. The judges are drunk. The verdicts are random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. Hello, welcome back to another True Crimes Against Wine. I'm Rachel. I'm Topher, and this is another sidebar episode where we answer some questions that have been sent in by all of you and yes. hopefully are able to help you. Yes. Okay. So today's question comes from Ronnie. Okay. And he wants to know what are legs when it comes to wine and does that matter in any capacity? Yeah. Okay. So what are legs and does it matter? What does it mean? All right. Like does it affect taste, right. price point, any of that? So it doesn't really have anything to do with quality of wine or price point. Okay. But it does have a lot to do with the body of the wine, the flavor of the wine. It can okay. tell you a lot of different things about it. It's more of a side effect of the wine okay. that is kind of like a clue that can tell you about some things. All right. I'm going to explain this as best I can with the disclaimer that I am not a very scientifically minded person. What? So you can probably go way more in depth with this. I'm giving you more of the short answer. So if we want to know more, we should ask a wine scientist. A wine, yes, an analogist. A winetist. Um, basically what's happening is the legs are the thing when you swirl the glass mm-hmm. and you start to see there's like a rim that happens around the edge of the glass and then little tears or droplets start mm-hmm. to fall down. And that's what we're referring to when we talk about the legs. And what's happening is you'll start to see sometimes really kind of thick, almost viscous looking legs that are Mm -hmm. running down really slowly. And then sometimes it'll be just kind of like a streak or a sheet across the edge of the glass. Now, what's happening to create those legs is that as you swirl and the wine starts to get separated from the rest of the wine, you know, kind of spreads it out. Yeah. The water is starting to evaporate from that. Oh, okay. And so you're left with alcohol content that's heavier Mm. and pulling down. And so it's kind of turning into this thing that's telling you something about how big and bold this wine is. Okay. It's also going to tell you a little bit about the sugars too. Like sweeter wines are naturally going to be more viscous. So you will have those heavier tears as well. Okay. But one thing to keep in mind as you're doing that swirl is that you're kind of breaking up the molecular structure of the Mm -hmm. wine by doing that. And that's what's causing that evaporation to start to happen and that separation there. Mm -hmm. And so you're also kind of jumpstarting the flavors and the aromas. You'll notice that's why a lot of times professionals will sniff the glass, but then after they've sniffed it initially, that's when they'll swirl. Okay. And it's because they want to get an initial sort of reaction, but then also really start to break up that molecular structure to get into the details of it. So it's not just a fancy movement that you do. It's not. No, it actually has like a really cool purpose. And so when you're doing a blind tasting, especially the first thing that you're going to do is look at the glass. You want to see what those legs are doing, because that's going to give you an indication right off the bat as to what you're about to be drinking. You're you're already trying to pick up on those clues. And Mm -hmm. so you start visually And that can be like, okay, well, this is already telling me this is going to be a lighter bodied wine or whatever. Mm. And you start to form these assumptions going in so that by the time you're tasting, you're really just fact checking yourself and getting some of those final details in place. Interesting. Okay. Another fun note is that if you swirl an, an open bottle of wine, you will not actually see 
any of those legs. And that's because okay. you're not allowing the air to interact. So there's no evaporation. Got it. Okay. So it's kind of like a fun little science experiment too. Yeah. So um, take it back to your science class. <laughs> yeah. I would say it's, it's really cool if you're ever at a tasting and there's several different varietals to mm-hmm. play with it and swirl and you'll start to see that Pinot Grigio is going to have completely different legs if you get any at all. It's much more sheet-like, but you'll have really small, narrow, fast trickling tiers mm-hmm. versus a really heavy Syrah or Old Vine Zinfandel or something like that that's much bigger and has mm. a higher alcohol content is going to have really slow-moving, large globular tiers. Okay, cool. I hope that answers your question. It's a really fun thing to start to look at if you actually know what's happening with it because you can start to form those assumptions and also, it's just a fun, like, sciencey thing that you can bring yeah. up at a dinner party if you're around a bunch of nerds like I always am. Or so. take it into the classroom and just tell your teacher it's for science. Exactly. Your teacher. <laughs> yes. This is a podcast <laughs> geared towards fifth graders. Yes. Who love wine. Who love wine. They can't get enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ronnie, for sending us that question. I hope that yes. helps you. And feel free to send us more of your burning questions, any of you listening at home. Yeah, we want to hear them. You can reach us on Instagram, Facebook, Gmail. It's just True Crimes Against Wine. That's right. And until next time, ciao and cheers. All right. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.